This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Investor's Edge with Gary Kaltbaum. Straight talk about you and your money. Now from the BizTalk studios, here is Gary Kaltbaum. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kay, who's out today. Today is Friday, September 11th, 2020, and we have a great show for you tonight. We want to thank you very much for being here. But of course, today is 9-11, so I want to take a moment of, and pause and remember everybody that was impacted in any way, shape, or form uh, from from 9-11. As you know, let me just jump right into it now because I can take a lot of time, but dead time on the radio is not usually a good thing. Um, I remember exactly where I was. I can go on and on and on, but it deeply impacted everybody. I used to take the path train through the World Trade Center to go to school. It was going to Pace University. And uh, it was, I mean, just luckily that day I wasn't on it or near it, but be it as it may, uh, it's one of those situations. I know countless people that were affected and impacted in any way, shape, or form. It's just, it's we remember, always, never forget, and it's in our hearts and souls and everything in between. That being said, we have a lot to discuss today, and I do want to jump into it because I'm going to have to go through a lot of material, and I'm going to go as slow as possible, but as fast as possible at the same time, if that makes sense. Uh, just as a quick reminder, some housekeeping. This is a show about you and your money and all the fun points in between. Uh, if you don't get the show in your city, you can go to GaryK.com and listen live or archive. We are live Monday through Friday. 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Also at GaryK.com, you can follow Gary on Twitter by just pressing the button, and you can subscribe to get Gary's morning notes sent directly to your inbox each and every day. You may email Gary, read the rest of his commentary, or you can check out ConvictionLeaders.com and take a free trial to his uh, reports where he shares actual uh, entries and exits and gives you a lot more detail about the market. I read it all the time. It's a fantastic report, and you can take a free trial on ConvictionLeaders.com. Com. That being said, this is the end of the week. Whenever I do the show on a Friday, I do like to do the week in review, which I will begin with today, and help put the pieces together from a big picture, intermediate term picture, and then talk more narrow and as the show goes on, talk more individual stocks and sectors and headlines and so on and so forth. So stepping back, it is the, the middle-ish of September now, and I'm going to use ish as a little bit of a uh, you know, some liberty there, almost the middle of September. The rally that we saw began in March 23rd, really the end of March of 2020. And predominantly, it's been driven by tech stocks and mainly the stay-at-home stocks or the post-COVID you know, environment that we find ourselves in. I was just joking with, the, uh, with somebody about how the world has changed. I haven't spoken to it in a long time since before COVID. And it, it, it's just – it's a different world. Hopefully, we go back to normal. Sooner the better for everybody. But until then – it is a different world. That being said, at the end of March, we saw the Federal Reserve, just as a quick recap here, and their monetary policy, and then also fiscal policy from Congress come in with unprecedented amount of easy money, both from the monetary side and also fiscal side, as far as policy is concerned. And that happened right around the end of March. The one-two punch was what I called it. 
at the time, and then since then, stocks have just taken off and soared. And you've had, you know, some of, if not the largest six-month gain in the market's history, or one of the strongest six-month moves since we started. I mean, in since at least for 100 and some odd years. That being said, after such a robust rally, it's perfectly normal and healthy to see the market pause and pull back and digest that move. What does that mean in plain English? Well. That's what's happening. Since the 3rd of September, we've seen these tech stocks, specifically the NASDAQ 100 or the QQQ, which is, has been the strongest index, pause and digest that move. Well, the question comes in, hey, Adam, what happens when a market pauses to digest the move? How does that pause unfold or the consolidation? Well, there's two ways, and you can write this down, there's two ways a market can pause and digest a move. And by the way, the same is true for moves up or moves down. When you have a big move up, the way the market can pause is by moving sideways or pulling back and moving down. It's called a retracement. You retrace some of the move. And when you have a big down move, you could see that as well and go back and study big bear markets or corrections or what have you. Big move down, the market gets oversold. And here, you know, big moves up, the market gets overbought. But big moves down, you get oversold. Fear takes over. And then all of a sudden, the market stops going down. And then it has to correct or pull back or retrace the move. And then you consolidate that move, whatever word you want to use. You see it move sideways for a little bit or it retraces by rallying in a downtrend. So that's the way that it consolidates in a downtrend and uptrend like we've seen since the end of March. You're now consolidating by pulling back. And it started at the beginning of September, you know, the all-time high in the S in the Nasdaq, excuse me, the QQQ, the Nasdaq 100 was on September 2nd. You had a high of 30350 uh, on the Q, in the Qs on the second, and then the third you sold off hard, which was the last Thursday, not yesterday, but the day before, the week before, excuse me, and then Friday you sold off. But if you notice, for the Qs, they were very extended, and they pu simply pulled back to test the 50-day moving average. And that's going to be the theme for today's show. Gary speaks about this at length, and he studied this at length because it works, and it works really, really well. What is a 50-day moving average? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's very simply the last 50 days closing price divided by 50, in this case, or any moving average. So the last X amount of days divided by that number. Take the closing price. So 50-day moving average is a standard area that every, almost everybody, market technicians specifically, use as an area of support in uptrends and an area of resistance in downtrends. It almost acts like a magnet where the market pulls back into the 50. Well, okay, fine. That's fine and dandy. Well, what does that mean in plain English? Well, when you get a market that's so extended above the 50, like we saw in the queues, and Gary mentioned this as well, it's it, it doesn't continue. It doesn't keep going up forever. It's normal for markets to pull back. Now, the vehemence of the pullback or the, 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 the rate of which it pulled back was a little bit stronger than the average pullback. Also, you had a heavy amount of volume show up during that pullback. In fact, since Thursday, the 3rd of September, you've had a lot more distribution days or down days on heavy volume than you have had up days. In fact, you haven't had really any up days on super heavy volume or higher volume than the down days. You've had one up day since then, and that was on... Uh, Wednesday of this week, the 9th, and the volume there was above average, but it was lighter than the down days since Thursday. So you went down heavy volume since Thursday of the 3rd, and then you bounced a little bit on lighter volume, relatively speaking, and then you've been down, you know, yesterday was Thursday, you were up in the morning, but you closed lower, 
and then today on Friday, same thing, you up in the morning and then you, you slice through that 50-day moving average. And since then, the last three or four days, you really just, the market went from being overbought on the 2nd of September, saying, okay, time to sell, we need to pull back into the 50. And that's what I mean by the magnet. It's normal, it's healthy. In fact, this is the first time the NASDAQ 100, the Qs, have pulled back into the 50 since the pullback began in late March. Instead, they've been riding up the 21-day moving average, which is a shorter-term moving average, really since the end of March. So for the, f for the first time that the Qs, and it's, it's been the leading indicator, it was the first one to get to new highs, it was the, it's the strongest on a percent change since the March low, so on and so forth. And most of these stay-at-home stocks reside in the Qs. Okay, well, that's why I'm talking about the Qs so much, because it's a leading indicator. Well, okay, great. It's the first one to pull back into the 50 Earlier today on Friday, it actually broke the 50 a little bit. Well, it, remember, the 50 is an important line, but it's not the end of the world if a stock or an index slices below the 50 for a day or a little bit of time. It, it happens. It's not ideal. Ideally, you want to see the 50 defended, but it could break below at 50 for a day or two or three and then take off and go. Uh, continue the uptrend or resume the uptrend. Or it breaks the 50, does it on heavy volume, and keeps going down. And then you test the 200 day or what, the 150 day or whatever you know longer term moving average you want to use. But for now, suffice to say, the 50 day moving average is the important level to watch. The Qs, more or less, you know, they broke them on Friday. It, it happens, not the end of the world. It's the first test of the 50. It could, you know, futz around, flirt a little bit with the 50 and then get back going and go up again. Or it can continue going down. More time and price is needed. We'll see. We do want to note that the election is a few weeks away. I mean, it's eight weeks away, two months or so-ish. Uh, I don't know the exact weeks. It's seven weeks or eight weeks. Somewhere in that, you know, it's the beginning of November. We're beginning of September. So that's about eight weeks. And markets like certainty. By definition, elections create uncertainty. Who's going to win? Trump, Biden, this, that, and the other thing. It's just it, drama, but it's uh, for the market, I mean, not drama politically, but it could be there also, but that's beside the point. But it's 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 uncertainty for the market. So last time in 16, we saw the market sell off double digits before the election and then take off after Trump won. And Hillary was winning in the polls, and Trump just came out of nowhere and, and knocked it out of the park. Could that happen again this time around? Sure. Absolutely, could it could happen again. So a pullback ahead of the election, whether it's in September, it's in October, whenever it happens, it's neither here nor there. No one knows. If anyone knew, could predict the future, they you know <laughs> they'd own a few islands in the Caribbean and a lot more. But by definition, what we do is we stack the odds in our favor, and, and it's all based on probabilities. And when you study history long enough, you see these patterns, you know repeat themselves in different shades of the, they rhyme, so to speak, but you see these things happen over and over and over again. And I've sat firsthand with Gary and studied hundreds of these charts and they pull into the 50, 50 is defended, boom. Anyway, up next, we've got a whole lot to talk about. I'm Adam Sarhan and this is the one and only Investor's Edge.
This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to switch on the integrator units and get the brain cells working. You're listening to... Hey, this promises to be fun. Investor's Edge. The last bastion of quality programming. With Gary Kaltbaum. It doesn't get better than this. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kay. In case you're just joining us, we spent the first part of the show going over the QQQ, the NASDAQ 100, and speaking a little bit about the 50-day moving average and the importance of how that comes into the picture and it serves as support. Also put the current move into perspective from the March low up until the September high. And then spoke a little about the election and how stocks get a little bit iffy before an election or before a big event that creates uncertainty in the market could be earnings could be an election could be a political thing of big whatever it is anytime you get this big 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 massive event that creates uncertainty where uncertainty increases stocks tend to get a little bit uh, iffy if you will volatility increases or stocks tend to go down when uncertainty goes up let's put it that way and there are exam you know exceptions but for the most part now that being said the nasdaq 100 is the leading indicator it is pulling into the 50 and flirting with it it broke the 50 on friday uh, intraday okay it's not the end of the world but it's just to be careful because we have had some heavy volume on this decline and it happened very fast now let's talk about the other indices so you have the s p 500 and the ticker there you can look at the etf is spy well, it's sitting right on the 50, or right near the 50. The Dow, Dow Jones Industrial Average, just above the 50. You've got the Russell 2000, the IWM, and that's just below the 50. The ticker for the Dow, if you want to follow the ETF, is DIA. The ticker for the SPY, or the S&P 500, SPY. The Russell 2000 is IWM. And then the MDY is the mid-cap, the S&P 400, and that's below the 50-day moving average as well. So you've got a mixed bag here. Some of the stocks are above, some of the stocks are below, some of the indices, excuse me, not the stocks, some of the indices are above, some of them are below. But for all intents and purposes, you know, that overtly strong bull uptrend, bull market we've seen since the end of March is now in pullback mode, which means a defensive stance is, is warranted. doesn't mean you go, you know, million percent short and a hundred percent long, the extremes are, you know, out the window. But for all intents and purposes, most stocks follow the market, right? So understanding and paying a lot of attention to how the market is performing has served me very well over the years and countless others. 
And that's why I spend so much time just looking at the major indices. Now let's talk about some sectors. So one sector I like to separate during downtrends or pullbacks, it's really important and easy to isolate strength. All you have to do is just look at the areas that aren't going down. I mean, that simple. So let's look at the Dow Transports, the IYT. When you have a chance, take a look at it. You can look at any charting service, by the way. There's free charts all over the place. Foxbusiness.com or Forbes or Yahoo Finance, wherever you want to go. So you pull up a daily chart one year and you can see it right away. The transports, the IYT, very, very strong. You have tight action here. Remember, we talked about the 50-day moving average. The IYT is sitting on its 10-day moving average. And it's above its 10-day. It's above its well, right near its 10-day. It's above its 21-day. Very, very strong action. Now, what's inside those, the IYT? Well, let's talk about it. So you've got the transportation stocks. And again, I'm trying to keep this as simple as possible, right? You've got FedEx. Let's take a look at FDX. All-time highs today. Well, I believe it's all-time highs, but definitely 52-week high. No, it's not an all-time high, excuse me. All-time high was in 2018 of 274. You're now at 231, but it's a 52-week high. Let me make sure I'm speaking correctly. Almost. No, it's not. So 52-week high was back in January. Let me repeat that. So it's making a new multi-month high. Let me correct myself. I was looking at the wrong setting on a chart. But the 52-week uh, high was back in January, and the stock had fallen from more or less during COVID from 274 down to, I think it was 88 Yeah, $88 in March. And now it went from 88 in March back to 230. And the all-time high was back in 2018 of 274.66. You've had a huge move in FedEx. Very, very strong action. By the way, take a look at that when you have a chance. You have a big breakaway gap on the 1st of July in FedEx after they reported earnings, I believe. And then you had another big gap up in August. Back in uh, on August 7th and actually into the 10th. Very strong action. And the stock had bottomed back at the uh, in March, and has had a huge move since. UPS, another stock that had a big breakaway, actually two breakaway gap, oh two gaps, one breakaway, one big gap, back on the first of July, the stock had gapped up, and then on the thirtieth of July, UPS had a huge gap up on volume, and UPS. Let's go look at a longer-term chart. Is trading at an all-time high? That's the one that's an all-time high, and on a weekly basis, let's go here to a. Monthly, quarterly, yep, it's at an all-time high and a new 52-week high. So just to repeat, you've got two very strong stocks, FedEx and UPS. Let's think for a moment. Why are those two stocks acting so exceptionally well? Because of the fact that just about everything is being shipped to you. I have young kids. I had to buy some stuff for school because we're doing the stay-at-home school stuff. And we wanted to get some fun games and math activities and you know just simple stuff. Where do you think I bought them from? Well, I went on Amazon. And some other places, but mainly on Amazon, and I got they got shipped to me by UPS. So, and then the other stuff came via FedEx. So, the deliveries, which is the UPS and even the transportation, the rails are also extremely strong. That's why the transportation stocks are acting so well. There's always that logic behind it, right? But we pay attention to price and volume. Everything else is second. The what matters more than the why. Let me explain that for a second. The what on Wall Street matters a lot more than the why. What is happening is how we make our money. Not why it's happening, but the what. So a stock goes, you buy it at 10, it goes to 100. That's what happened. Why it happened is secondary. There could be 100,000 reasons why, a million reasons why. There could be one reason why. 
and you might not even understand the reason why. Fact is, is you just made a lot of money. You buy it at 10, it's now at 100. So that's why I focus very, 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 very hard at the what. And the why comes later. Just That's why price to me is primary, and everything else is secondary. That's just me. And even volume, same thing. I love volume, don't get me wrong, but price to me trumps everything else. It's the most important indicator because it shows me what is actually happening. Not what someone thinks is going to happen, or even better, what I think is going to happen, or even worse for that matter. My opinion doesn't matter. My job is to align myself with what is actually happening and stay aligned. And when the facts change, I change. That simple. So the strength, and Gary's going to have a full uh, uh, a weekend webcast about this and dive into these this is to a lot more, specifically with the transportation stocks, highlighting strength for you. And that's all available if you want to take a free trial on convictionleaders.com. It's available to all the members there. And show you strength. And the idea of finding strength in a weak environment or a pullback or a correction, it's really important. Why? Because when the environment improves and the uptrend resumes, it could happen today, it could happen tomorrow, the next day, a week from now, a month from now, it could happen after the election, before the election, it could happen any time. The strongest names blast off. Up next, we've got a lot more to talk about. I'm Adam Sarhan, and this is the one and only Investor's Edge. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to... America is talking... Investor's Edge. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. With Gary Coltbaum. Comes highly recommended. You're going to feel better if you talk to him. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kay. In case you're just joining us, we spent the first part of the show going over the major indices, talking about how important the market is, because most of the stocks in the market follow the market's trend. Spoke about the 50-day moving average as an important area of support to watch, almost like a magnet. And it gets too extended a market above the 50, it pulls into the 50. Same thing with leading stocks. And then we said, okay, how do we isolate strength during pullbacks or corrections? And the easiest way to do that is to look at the stocks that don't go down. 
Why is that important? Because when the uptrend resumes, those stocks most likely are the ones that are going to blast off and hit new highs the fastest because they're trading right at their highs. If they can't go down in a bear market or not a bear market, but in a downtrend or in a pullback or a correction, they're much more likely to go up in a uptrend or when the uptrend resumes. That being said, uh, we spoke about the transports. I spoke about the importance of how things are moving now in the economy and during COVID and the shutdown or quasi-shutdown or whatever's going on here. And Gary's going to be discussing that a lot more in a weekend webcast to anybody who signs up to convictionleaders.com. You can take a free trial and watch read all of the archives and prior webcasts and watch this webcast. And Gary does a phenomenal job of diving in deep. That being said, let's take a look at some more sectors in the market. So we talked about the transports. The next one that's strong is the uh, consumer discretionary stocks like XLY. And we have a chance to take a look at that. That's above the 50, acting well, not as strong as the transports, but it's above the 50, acting well. I'm going to go a little bit faster here because we have a lot of ground to cover and I want to make sure I cover everything. Another area of the market that's acting very, very, very well are the material stocks, XLB. And by the way, if you want to find out which stocks are in any of these ETFs, all you have to do is just do Google XLB constituents and you'll see them, or holdings, XLB holdings, and or IYT holdings, and you can go through on your own and see all the stocks and individually do your research or due diligence or whatever it is that you want to do, a deeper dive into the actual stocks that are in these sectors. But for now, I just want to talk big picture and help you, know, help you guys isolate strength in a weaker environment or in somewhat of a pullbackish slash correction environment. Uh, the XLB, IYT, we spoke about a few other areas. The XRT, which are the retail stocks. These are retailers. I don't know about you, but I'm not really shopping in the malls like I used to. But guess what? In today's day and age, just about every single store out there, retailer, has an online store. So the malls are, yeah, they're great and fine. And the actual physical stores are, I guess, are important. No question for retailers. But they also do a lot of online business. And that's why these retail stocks are up and up so much. Amazon is the king of those retailers, the AMZN. Interestingly enough, Amazon has been an extremely strong stock, big leading stock, and it broke its 50-day moving average today. And I'll go through a few other ones that broke the 50-day today as well. But let's talk about a few more of these sectors before we dive in. The other one I want to discuss is the financials, XLF. It's more of a middle range it hasn't hit new highs or it's not in the upper half of the range. The XLF is still below the 200-day moving average. It's been lagging in this entire recovery since the March low. You've had a big move off the March low, but it's not up as much as some of these other sectors that I'm talking about. So that is one to keep in mind. But other areas that are acting very well and just strong leading areas, look at solar stocks. ETF that tracks these solar stocks are, is ticker symbol TAN, T-A-N. Yeah, I guess someone's got a pun there. You get a TAN when you're with the solar stocks. Easy ETF name to remember, TAN, T-A-N. Bunch of the stocks that are in there, acting well. FSLR, First Solar, still above the 50, and it almost looks like TAN. And you've got a bunch of other ones. I won't go through all of them. CSIQ is Canadian Solar. You've got... Uh, Solar City, interestingly enough, is Tesla, and Tesla's now both Solar City and the car company. So everyone's talking about car, car, car. You know, one of the strongest groups out there, the solar stocks, and Tesla owns Solar City. They've been, you know, a few years ago, Musk put them together, and that's another big driver of, of Tesla's success because these solar stocks are in favor now, and Tesla's above its 50-day moving average for what that's worth. So that being said, uh, solar stocks are an area of strength. 
So we've talked about retailers. We've talked about solar. Let's talk about the XHB now, the housing stocks, very or home builders, excuse me, the very strong sector. XHB from the March low, the ETF went from or was it? Let's say in the low 20s, 23, 24, somewhere in that range, 23.95, all the way up to where it is today, or sorry, not even this week. Uh, at the end of August, it's high of 54.71 basically from 24 to 54. Big move off the March low. Housing, mortgage rates are low. The Fed has kept interest rates very low by design, on purpose. It's not a mistake. And then, of course, easy money means what? People borrow more. They take more mortgages. They buy more houses. Plus, you had a double whammy for housing. You also had a huge, huge exodus or just people leaving big, heavy, urban, populated cities because of COVID. So where are they moving? To the suburbs. What are in the suburbs? Houses. Boom. Easy money plus that huge demand. That's why housing has done so well recently. And it's not just housing, by the way. Other The ancillary stocks around housing. You could look at Home Depot, ticker symbol HD, acting well above its 50. Lowe's, same thing, acting well above its 50. You can look at Sherwin-Williams, SHW, new before I misspeak again, all-time high, 52-week high, and all-time high. Very, very strong action. By the way, up big this week, big week for Sherwin-Williams. Very extended in the short term. His stock is trading at 709, 710, 712-ish, let's just say above 700, and the 50-day moving average is at 645. Four and change. It's 6645. So the stock's above 700 and you see the 15 moving average is at 645. It, you can see, ladies and gentlemen, how it works. It's extended, going to pull back. And it will pull back tomorrow, maybe, but maybe not. It could take a few more weeks or it just could move sideways. But be careful. That's what it means by chasing. You don't want to be chasing these stocks or these ETFs after big moves up. But I'm highlighting strength for you so you can see once this pullback runs its course in the market what the areas are that are acting very, very well. Um, a few other ones that are acting very well, we can talk about, hmm, let's see here, I don't want to show that one. I guess you could do that. Some of the commodities are acting well. Look at steel, SLX, acting well. Not the best chart in the world, but you've had a big move off the March lows and you're consolidating nicely and you're above the 50, looks good. Gold, GLD, huge move from June to August massive and then what happened you sat you put you gap down you pulled back you had to consolidate that move now you've got a nice downward trend line forming that's a month long and you're sitting right above the 50. guess what volume is drying up and gary mentioned this in the service for conviction leaders and did very well with uh, gold and gold stocks and things of that nature gdx gdxj those are the miners the juniors and the regular miners and both of them Nice bases above the 50, acting well, had huge moves. And Gary caught him and made a, did a very, very good job in the service for members while they were moving. Now, and got in, got out. That's the best part about it. Now they're just basing. But again, area of strength, right? That's what I like to see. So other areas of strength, some other commodities, they've been beaten down. But they're starting to turn around a little bit. Oil's definitely under pressure. There's no question USO is a ticker there. Nothing to write home about. But you've got something like corn, C-O-R-N. Two Korean owns that one. Or the ETF fund. Wheat, W-H. Uh, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> W-H. Um, 
you've got, let's see here, E-A-T, W-E-A-T, so W and then the word eat, not wheat, but W-E-A-T, wheat's a little bit moving sideways, not as strong as corn, and then you've got soybeans also acting very well, and the ETF there is S-O-Y-B, very extended, but you can see big moves in corn and soybeans, big moves, and then you've got coffee, you can look at that, J-O, acting well, but sitting there point is, is that you've got a mixed bag in the commodity complex. Some acting very well, some not so much. And copper's done very well too. You can look at Freeport McNamara FCX as a good proxy for co- uh, copper. But that's the lay of the land. There are more in you know areas of the market. We can go through them all. We don't have to. But I just want to show you the areas that are acting well. Now the semiconductors, SMH, that's sitting right near the 50, broke the 50 a little bit on Friday. Not the best action, but it's pulling back alongside the QQQ, which is normal and healthy. Guess what? The XLK, same, more or less, same thing as the Qs. And the semi is very closely related. It's a technology sector in the S for the uh, just a bunch of technology stocks. So as you put the pieces together, the market's pulling back. It's the first test of the 50 for the Nasdaq. It's a mixed bag for the market. The overtly strong uptrend we've seen since March is now pulling back and consolidating. It's correcting. It's okay not the end of the world. If the selling gets worse, then you take obviously take a more defensive stance. But you got to take action when things change. Up next, we've got a lot more to talk about. Jump into some individual stocks and a whole lot more. I'm Adam Sarhan. This is the one and only Investor's Edge. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to... What are we waiting for? Well, what are you waiting for? One, two, ready, go. Action! Investor's Edge with Gary Kulpah. And welcome once again to Investor's Edge. I'm Adam Sarhan, in for Gary Kay, who's out today. In case you're just joining us, we spent the first part of the show talking about the major indices. We specifically spoke about the Qs and spoke about the fact that it broke the 50 today for the first time since the March low. Spoke about the other indices as well. Some are above the 50, some are below. It's a mixed bag, but definitely things have changed. The complexion has changed. And Gary's mentioned it many times before. You can go back and listen to prior shows or any part of this show. You can pause it, rewind it, fast forward to whatever you want to do on GaryK.com. On any device, by the way. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's just, it's great. And then we spoke about leading areas of the market. During pullbacks, 
it's really easy to spot strength because the stocks and the ETFs and the markets or the areas that don't go down are, by definition, they're strong areas. So you have a situation where you've got strength, and Gary's going to dive into this over the weekend. He's got a webcast on Conviction Leaders. You can take a free trial there. You've got some areas that are strong, some areas obviously that are weak. We didn't talk about the weak areas because they're still very weak and there's not really much to do when these areas are getting hit hit hard. You can look at the travel stocks, you know, hotels, cruise lines, the uh, even the airlines are not acting well. They tried to rally the last few days. Interestingly enough, last Thursday on the 3rd of September when the market started selling off or the queues started selling off, leadership sold off, these undervalued areas or these lagging areas started to rally. And they were up a little bit, but then they kind of just didn't go anywhere. But there are areas that I'm watching because that it would be a good, healthy sign for the economy, for Main Street as well as Wall Street, to see these undervalued areas or you know unloved areas, not so much undervalued, but it's un- they're unloved. Because value is very subjective, right? You could say, oh, well, they're overvalued because they're not really doing much and earnings are going straight down. So it's all subjective. But the unloved areas of the market uh, go up because that would mean that demand is going to go up, all things being equal, and that would take us one step closer to normalizing life and to this uh, awkward post-COVID world or COVID world we're living in. It's not even post-COVID. Hopefully we get to post-COVID and it gets back to normal. And then these stocks are just going to race, they're going to rip higher. I mean, it's almost a it's a gimme at that point, but let's get there. Don't know when. We have to see how the normalization works. Is it going to be quick? Is it going to be long? Is it going to be a vaccine? Or is it going to be the, the virus goes away just like it magically came? Does it magically go away? Who knows? But we're open to any scenario that may unfold. So that being said, the uh, let's talk about some leaders and talk about how they, they're acting. So again, the 50-day moving average, remember, is an area of support. It's almost like a floor. During uptrends, many times, some of the strongest stocks in history pull back and test the 50. Sometimes they break it for a few days, a day, an hour, a week or two or three or whatever the case may be, but then it rips higher and goes right back up and the uptrend continues as if nothing happened. The strongest of the strong don't even touch the 50. And then some of the real strong ones touch the 50, bounce off the 50 and go. But th- you know, think of the 50 as more of a range or an area than an exact science to the penny has to hit this level. Otherwise, it's, oh, it's over. Oh, no, it broke the 50. We're done. Not necessarily. Some of these stocks, they break, they tease a little bit. They break a little bit, frustrate people, shake out the weaker hands, and then they just, boom, take off and go. A uh, really good trader that I know says, careful, you want to avoid the wiggles and jiggles. Uh, that's what he means by the wiggles and jiggles. So he tries to sit as long as possible. So that being said, let's look at Amazon. AMZN broke the 50 on Friday. Tesla, TSLA, very strong, came into the 50, kissed it, or touched it, and then bounced off of it. Still above it as of now. A few other stocks, we can look at Microsoft, MSFT. That broke the 50. Uh, it did it several days ago kind of got above it and then is rolling now over again. And if you want to take a look at MSFT, you can kind of see what may happen to the queues if the selling continues. You've got Adobe ADBE. That's right around the 50. You've got, uh, let's talk about a few others here, Fastly FSLY. This broke the 50. This has somewhat of a head and shoulders pattern forming where the head happened in early August. You've got a left shoulder, which was back in Uh, July, and then the right shoulder, which was at the end of August. And you've got a big neckline forming here. So it's just something to keep in mind. But Fastly has been one of the strongest stocks of the year. Uh, Overstock.com, this is very related to Bitcoin. You've got a a big down day on Friday. 
But the stock had broken the 50 briefly, rallied back above it, and now is rolling over. If it takes out the, the recent lows, it's probably going to go back and test it the longer term, 150-day or the 200-day moving average. And the lows there is around $61. Uh, a few other ones uh, we can mention as far as just really strong names. Uh, let's take a look here at Peloton, ticker symbol is PTON. They just reported earnings, and they blew out estimates. I mean, they reported very strong numbers. What happened? Stock was up, and then it turned lower. It's now down about, I guess, it's down a couple bucks in a day. It's extremely extended. Earlier today, it was at, or on Friday, it was at $98.11. The day before, which was Thursday, was $98.61. The 50-day moving average is down at 69 I mean, ladies and gentlemen, that's how this thing works. It, these stocks pull back. It's normal. It's healthy to see the stocks pull back. You don't want to see them break the 50. Another stock that was very strong was Lululemon, ticker symbol LULU. What happened there? They reported strong earnings. I believe it was they, they beat estimates, but they reported earnings. Let's just put it to that just recently. And then every single day, more or less, since that Thursday sell-off on the 3rd, this stock has just been down, 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 heavy volume, and it broke the 50, gap down below the 50 also on pretty heavy volume on the 9th. Not a healthy action. Like, that's not healthy. And this could be another potential view of what the queues turn into if the queues continue to sell off. Because once you break the 50, if you don't quickly recover it, you either sit there for a little bit or you keep falling. And if you keep falling, you're probably going to go down and test, test the 200-day. And more or less, all things being equal, things could change, obviously. But that's usually what happens when a stock breaks. Sometimes it bends. The uptrend bends, but it doesn't break. But when the uptrend is actually broken, where the uptrend is over, then, yeah, you could easily fall and, and, and uh, hit the 200. Another strong stock is ticker symbol V, the company's Visa. We all Visa credit cards. We know them. Uh, sitting right near its 50. MasterCard, just above the 50. American Express is not as strong, by the way. And that's below its 200-day, but above the 50. So I just like to look at all the credit cards together at one pile, more or less. And Capital One is COF. Again, just like American Express, not acting well. So the clear leaders in that world are Visa and MasterCard. And both of them, for now, are above the 50. Other area, or I guess other strong stocks, let's look at Netflix. Netflix just broke the 50 this week, and it's and it's uh, it's definitely sitting there struggling. So let's just wrap everything up. I mean, there's other ones as well, but understand the break of the 50 is not a good thing. The complexion is changing. However you want to handle it, that's up to you, but just understand things have changed. Now, if we rock it higher and break back above the 50 doing heavy volume, great. Uptrend could easily resume. But until then, you know, somewhat of a cautious stance is the weekend. He's got a weekend webcast coming up on convictionleaders.com. You can sign up and take a uh, free trial there. This has been Investor's Edge with Gary Kaltbaum on BizTalk. To listen to past episodes or to get in contact with Gary, go to garyk.com. That's garyk.com.